0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome
1: to Sorry If I Speak When I Speak. I'm Daniel. I'm joined by Dr. O.G. Detective and... The greatest, Ken Anderson. The greatest. The greatest. Easily the greatest quarterback in Bengals history. But in my personal opinion, a top five quarterback NFL history overall. Let me tell you why. This guy, four-time pro bowler, three-time all-pro, MVP, obviously. We know that. He set the single uh, season record for completion. And the single game, which was against the steel curtain, by the way, that dominates Pittsburgh defense. Uh, you know, he topped the league in completion percentage and in interception percentage three times, uh, completions, uh, passing yards a couple of times, and, and passer rating four times. Right. And there's only two quarterbacks that have done it more. Think about that. So, I mean, I mean, and, oh, forget it. Not only his accuracy, but in terms of his rushing, only Randall Cunningham and Michael Vick were more efficient rushing the ball. Had more yards with more yards per attempt. That is the kind of person we're talking to today. Mr. Anderson, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Welcome to the show.
2: Oh, the, the, the pleasure is all mine. And I must say, this is the most unique show I've ever done. Thank you.
3: Well, welcome to it. Welcome to it. We're both, we're both Bengals fans because of you, sir.
2: No, Absolutely appreciate that.
1: Now, Mr. Anderson, you, has, you have said that you don't really think about the Hall of thing, Hall of Fame thing anymore. But we do. It bothers us. The injustice of
3: it bothers us very deeply yeah and we can yeah. like, and, 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 and by the way, not, not just as football fans, sir, but as uh, not just as Bengals fans, but as football fans. I mean it matters. It matters in, in the big picture. I know you say it doesn't matter. it matters. It matters to us, uh, but the Hall of Fame thing is a big issue. So so let me, if you don't mind, uh, interrupt here and make a case as to why you should be on the Hall of Fame and I want to get your response. okay? okay I'll,
2: I'll take notes here.
3: Take notes. Yeah. <laughs> So okay, in terms of, of advanced analytics, sir, you are way up there. You're one of the best ever. When adjusted to the league, only eight of the 25 quarterbacks currently in the Hall of Fame have posted a better passer rating than you. Pro Football Reference says you had three of the top 25 QB seasons ever and that your top six seasons are better than the top six of any other QB in history. So you, you produced an average of, of, of 1,894 yards above average in your peak seasons. And according to a study conducted by New QB Rating, your average season throughout your career was about 1.03 standard deviations above average. I don't know if you know this, but only Steve Young and Joe, Joe Montana were better. So do you think that maybe a more open-minded, analytics, analytics-driven approach in football, okay, uh, that, that will bring voters to, to evaluate your talent in a vacuum accurately without the whole – anti bengalism issue and finally come to appreciate you and, and, and put you in the Hall of Fame, sir? What do you think?
2: I, well, I don't know. The things you're saying are way over my head. And I was a math major at Augustana. Well, hey. But, you, you know, it's, you know, thank you for saying those things. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very proud of, of my career. Yeah. Um, And, and I said, said before, it would be great. It would be nice if I would someday get in the Hall of Fame. But it's not something that, consumes me and, and, and bothers me that's not and you know every year when it comes around and, and I look at the guys that are selected and and they are all extremely worthy and deserve to be in the Paul, hall of fame and I'm extremely happy for them
3: well that, that's good that's good but what do you think the ultimate reason is I mean when I when I bring all these analytics up so when I look at the footage when I see what was going on in those days when you when you were at the helm I'm boggled. What do you think really is going on here? What, I mean, let's be frank about it. Because I, I think I've, I've implied my theory. It's that it's about the Bengals. It's not about you. It's about the kind of... Because, you know, the Bengals themselves. I mean, they, they there's a shortage of Hall of Famers in the, in, in the Bengals, as you know, compared to other teams that are that old.
2: Yeah, well, no, true. And I have a lot of teammates I think are, are deserving. You know, certainly one is Kenny Riley. You yeah, know, 15 years in the league and retired with 65 interception, which is up on the all-time list. And, you know, uh, geez, a guy that really helped shape my career was Isaac Curtis. And, yeah. you know, he doesn't get enough respect. And and believe me, um, if I could pick one receiver to, uh, to have a head to throw to, Isaac would be my guy. Right. I mean,
3: my from, from memory, I think only Anthony Munoz is the only Hall of Famer we have. The other – the other 15 teams that launched in the 60s and 70s, uh, no one else has fewer than three. And the average is eight, by the way. So,
1: yeah, yeah I mean, I mean uh, like Mr. Anderson has said elsewhere, uh, you know, unfortunately, quarterbacks are judged by winning. Um, but we have a lot of Hall of Fame quarterbacks that never won a Super Bowl. And, and, and we have some who've won Super Bowls, but in my opinion, their Super Bowls didn't improve their resume. Like, for instance, Peyton Manning, great career, average Super Bowl uh, performance in the first one and, and very below average in the second Super Bowl. Um, but, but we look at you, and in your Super Bowl, you were much better than Joe Montana. I mean, you threw twice as many yards, and three time, you had three times as many touchdowns. Uh, but somehow, people remember but, uh, his... But also, yeah. but
2: also had two interceptions in that game, and the first one especially was very costly. Tell us That's about That's true, that. but, but tell us but about you it. Remind, hold on. Yeah.
3: If you could remind the viewers, because a lot of them, we've seen the games, maybe a lot of them don't. Can you, can you bring us back to those days a little bit?
2: Well, you know, it, we kicked off to them, and they fumbled the opening kickoff, and we had great field position. Yeah. And statistics say the team that scores first has a high percentage to win. Right. And we made a first down or so, and we had a third down and goal on the five-yard line. Uh, and at least we get a field goal out of that Um, you know, we're in great shape. Well, you know, unfortunately, I threw an interception uh, in the end zone and Dwight Hicks ran it out and they scored, went down and scored, uh, uh, eventually scored a touchdown on that drive. And, of course, that led to the win. And, you know, uh, we had three fumbles, uh, you know, in the first half. So when you have four turnovers in the first half, five in the game and playing the biggest game of your life, you're you're not going to win.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, do you think maybe playing with a a Sam Weiss, Wedge uh, type, court, you know, uh, coach, or maybe Bill. What do you think? Maybe it was the coaching. the The
2: offensive efficiency was lacking. Well, no, I no, not at all. Uh, you know, I think you know our defense played a good game. They played good enough for us to win. Um, we, you know, like I said, we scored three touchdowns in the game. Um, but just, uh, and like I say, you know, turnovers are a key statistic, and that was something we, we just couldn't afford, and it was too much to overcome.
3: Yeah, and, and it was a different game then. back then, w- wouldn't you say, Mr. Anderson? I mean, I know that, that, that turnovers matter always and interceptions and things like that matter all the time. Uh, but it was, it was a lower st- scoring game. So I'm imagining the, uh, back in those days because of the rules and the difference in the rules. So I'm imagining that an interception was even
2: worse maybe? Well, well, you know, with the rules that started to open up a little bit, you know, around 1980, 81. Before yeah. that is when it was really difficult. Uh, I know in the 70s when I came into the league, offensive linemen could not extend their hands to pass block. They actually had to keep them within the framework of their body. So I mean, it was, you only threw the ball 20, 22 times a game. Some years, you know, you look at some teams, they only average maybe throwing the ball 18 times a game. Yeah. And the, other, the other thing is when defensive backs could mug a wide receiver all over the field, it was hard for them, you know, to go ahead and create space. So once they put in the five-yard chuck rule and allowed of offensive linemen to use their hands, that's when you started to see the passing game open up.
3: Yeah.
1: and No offense, Mr. Anderson. No offense. But I'm going to respectfully disagree. I think your Super Bowl performance was superb. I mean, I think your postseason performances overall were uh, superb. If you look at it, uh, you have a 93.5 career uh, passer rating, which is the fifth highest in the postseason. And you had uh, over 90, I forget what it is, in the Super Bowl itself, you had the two interceptions, but, I mean, you did so much else and you stormed back from the deficit, you know, and and, and you were always rising up to the moment. Uh, In 1975, you led the Bengals to their first Monday night victory and you threw for 447 yards. You led them to their first-ever playoff victory. You led them to a win in the freezer bowl. And I looked at the clips of that, and you looked cool. And I mean cool not as well, in cold. I'm sure you were cold as well. Well, I was But you cold, were just relaxed. But- yeah, you were cold, but you were also smooth. I mean, you were just standing back there and playing like nothing was going, you know, like it wasn't freezing. It was impressive. It, it was amazing, really. And, and, and so I look at your career, and really you did all you could in terms of, uh, of, 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 of elevating your team. And I look at someone like Joe Burrow, and we're hoping he is the next Ken Anderson in terms of, you know, he's got the accuracy. He's, 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 he's uh, got the, the small town uh, thing. He's very grounded, like you said, elsewhere. And he has delivered, like you said, in the biggest games. Uh, so what is it uh, among those things? What is it that makes you so good in those big games? And do you think he has that at well, the NFL level?
2: Well, I think, you know, most of the time it, it's preparation. And I found that when I was no. most going into the game is when I was most prepared in the game. And, you know, you played the game over and over in your mind. And, and I guess I was one of the, the few players that really enjoyed practice, you know, and I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed the process leading up until Sunday. Um, and, you know, and of course it helps to have good teammates too. And, and, you know, he played on the national championship team. He had great supporting cast, a great offensive line, great wide receivers. But, you know, he had the ability, the thing that I really like is his accuracy, you know, down the field, you see him make NFL throws, throwing the back shoulder throws. And I think above all the, the consistency, you know, over the, the the entire season, you never saw him have a bad game. No. So I, I'm excited he's coming to Cincinnati. And I think the fans are excited. Yeah. Uh, I really like, uh, he understands the platform that he has and what he did in his Heisman Trophy speech uh, to create awareness of what was going on in the town of Athens and Athens County and, and the kids that were going hungry and, and the amount of money it raised for the food banks there. I think, you know, he understands uh, the amount of good that he can do as well uh, as play, being a great NFL quarterback.
3: And, and, and let me follow up here. It was a very different era. Uh, when you were preparing in the 70s and 80s for a game. Can you tell us about the differences? Because you've been a QB coach, so you've seen the modern way of doing it, the more contemporary way of doing it. And yet in the 70s and 80s, same problems, different solutions, right? I, I'd like to hear more about what preparation meant back then.
2: Well, it was, it was interesting. When I came into the league, um, Wednesday, the first day of practice, was a defensive day. We had no offensive snaps. Everything was geared towards the defense. And the only snaps I took were running the other team's plays. Then Thursday was an offensive day. Uh, and the defense did nothing but run the opposing team's defense. And then we kind of split it up on Fridays and Saturdays. And of course, yeah. nobody does, you know, that does that anymore. Um, you know, we only had a 40 man roster. So you didn't wow. have as many people around, you know, no taxi squad, those kind of things. So, you know, uh, everybody, you know, ran scout team at, at some point in time, So. You know, you only had six assistant coaches uh, when I came into the league. You had the head coach. Uh, yeah. All assistant coaches coached a special team. A lot of them, uh, at least the way the Bengals did it, the draft was in January. So on Saturdays, uh, most of the coaches were on the road scouting and just would meet us at the team hotel that night. So if yeah. we were playing West Coast, that's when it was going and split up at scout West Coast schools. And if we were somewhere playing a home game, they could do things in the Midwest and If we would head down to the Tampa for a game, uh, you know, they could do something in the Southeast. So it was uh, different today. And now I I think the Bengals have what, 21 assistant coaches. I know. Zach Taylor. So it's, it's a more detailed game. And, you know, uh, I remember when I came into the league with a 40 man roster, that third down was the same as first and second down. It was the same personnel on offense. uh, You know, you played with two wide receivers and a tight end. You didn't go to three wideouts because you only had three on the roster. Uh, and then once they expanded the roster, you know, they took out a middle linebacker on third down to get an extra pass coverage guy. So now we'll put in an extra wide receiver. So all of a sudden, the game started to open up. And you know, my gosh, it uh, you know, today it's uh, it's an offensive show. And boy, I'd be loved, I'd love to play today.
1: It's a I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, you, you would be the perfect modern quarterback with your accuracy and your rushing ability. You mentioned the best coast offense. And what's amazing is we look at West Coast Offense is basically just offenses now. It's everywhere. And we, we had David Fulcher on the show about a week ago, and he was talking about how Dick LeBeau first instituted the zone blitz because he had a guy like David Fulcher. And similarly, Bill, Vol- Bill Walsh was able to implement the West Coast Offense because he had a guy like Andy Anderson. And so in terms of legacy, if you just think of that, your impact on the game, that alone should get you into the Hall of Fame. I, was just, I just had yeah. a comment, yeah.
2: Well, you know, it was it was was different. It was, you know, uh, teams threw the ball uh, down the field a lot back in the in the seventies, and you know, we not only used the field vertically, we used it horizontally, um, and we had progressions that we went through. That I had a, a first receiver if he's not open, I could quickly go to a number two, had a backside number three, then a flare control to dump it off to, so the ball could come out quickly. Um, no. But we were also kind of the first ones that really. You know, focused on on timing up the depth of the drop to the route of the receiver, so you could anticipate the throws that he had, or the the anticipate your throws for the route that he had. And and so you know, back in the seventies, if you go back and look at the statistics, the average quarterback you know probably completed about fifty percent of his passes. Well, yeah. all of a sudden we started running Bill's offense, and now we get up to around sixty percent. So you know, and and like I I told somebody, I think if you look back and You know, uh, in the 70s, you know, if you threw for 2,200 yards, you probably led the league in yardage. You know, 18 touchdown passes probably led the league. If you were one touchdown pass for every interception, that was pretty good. And, you know, now today you're talking 5,000 yards. You're talking 50 touchdown passes. Absolutely. It's It's, it's
1: almost meaningless. Yeah.
2: Right. But, you know, know, uh, Mister, we only played 14 games back then too.
1: Yeah, that's true. Mr. Anderson, so, uh, Okay. I have one, uh, two quick final questions because we're out of time, basically. Um, just real quick, uh, you, you. We talk about Burrow, and I know you're a hardcore Bengals fan. What would it mean for your legacy to see Burrow finish the job and get that championship?
2: Well, I, I think every former Bengal would just be totally delighted, and yeah, and I, I hope uh, I hope they can get us enough tickets for all of us to go to the game because I'm sure want to be there uh, to watch that one too. So. No, it, it's... If they don't
3: let you in, we're burning the place down.
2: Yeah. Well, take it down a notch, okay? No. Yeah, but, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, Boomer and I have, have become good friends. And, you know, he got there and they came within, what, 30 seconds of, of winning a Super Bowl. Maybe it was 34 seconds. You know, we lost by less than touchdown. And to have somebody come in and, and, and kind of go and, and resurrect things for the Bengals. And, you know, I, I got to give Andy Dalton a lot of credit. Uh, yeah. You know, he was there nine years, the first five years in the league. Took the team to the playoffs five consecutive years. Did a great job. I think the talent around him kind of, you know, fell off a little bit. And right. he Took for that, but you know, uh, Cincinnati is a good football town. We have good fans. Uh, it, it's good ownership, and we start winning football games. The fans come back, and and believe me, uh, there's a lot of face painting that'll go on, and a lot of orange wigs, and you know, things that you saw start in 1981. And we'll be back in a hurry.
1: Yeah, yeah for sure
2: so uh, mr anderson yeah
1: um so i want to really finally talk about the the ken anderson alliance because what i love about this is it it creates uh, live work and play activities for uh, adults with developmental developmental disabilities and it's serving now if i'm not mistaken 200 adults per month and what i like is that a lot of people think oh we have to cure this we have to research that but hey these people are human beings they have human needs Yeah. Emotional needs. Yeah. And uh, tell me what your work is doing to help these adults with disabilities lead happier and more fulfilling lives. Well, you know, I think one of the things that
2: we work on, and and, and there are all levels of of the disability. You know, my nephew happens to be severely autistic, and uh, he's 27 and probably has the intellect of a six-year-old. And what you know, we want, you know, those adults to be able to live their life to the fullest, whatever that may be. And certainly the, the level for my nephew is going to be different than someone else, but we want whatever is best for him to live his life. And so our engaged programs right now, we've got over 20 a month that service about 230 adults uh, have to do a lot of it virtually now because, you know, they want to get out in the community like everybody else. They want yeah. to go out to dinner. They want to go to a movie. They want to go to a ball game. A lot of our opportunities are going to other nonprofits to volunteer. Uh, Like I say, now uh, with the times the way they are, we've had to do a lot of those virtually. Uh, We've also got work programs. We have an aquaponics venture up and running that employs 10 adults. It's real jobs with real wages. Um, And then the thing I'm most excited about is that we've just purchased 22 acres in the Cincinnati area. We're, We're going to build an inclusive community. Uh, for those people to live. And it would be a variety of different housing options. That's amazing. Community center uh, for a source of, you know, entertainment, a source of socialization, but also a source of job training. We'll have an aquaponics venture on site that will have a cafe for the public to come into. Uh, We hope to have a farmer's market there. We're having a multi-use field there uh, for not only our people, but for the community to come in for events. And Uh, I'm so excited because uh, the the Bengals and the Reds and FC Cincinnati are all going to help me out with that to make that field something special. So uh, a lot of exciting things. And if anybody wants to learn more about what we're doing, they can go to KenAndersonAlliance.org.
3: Yeah. Great. Well, and thank you, Mr. Anderson.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. You've been so generous with your time, obviously, with the good work that you do for the Cincinnati community. Uh, you'll yeah. always, you always have the top place as the champion of our people in our hearts. Uh, we, for fun, watch old clips of you and just get pumped. We made a video, actually. We put it to music. And if you have time to watch it, it'll get you excited about the old days. It makes me excited. So just please take my sincere yeah. gratitude that you came on our show. We're huge fans. This was probably the best day of my life. As, as guy, yeah, and he so, has
1: like he has like ten kids, and this is the best day of his life. Yeah, I don't so, care about
3: them. Yeah. So, anyways,
2: uh, the, well, that was yeah. only because he's away from the ten kids. Yeah, exactly. That's true. He, he yeah. a little peace and quiet. Yeah, I keep them scattered right. around
3: America That's, and the world. So, anyways, yeah, I, thank you so
2: much. Yeah, I just had two granddaughters down here for a week. They just left today, so I'm finally back to normal too. There you, there you go, go.
1: <laughs> Mr. So Anderson. As 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 someone who grew up as a mustachio child and was teased and, and struggled, uh, really, uh, thank you for giving me the confidence later in life and uh, you know to and, and to, to dominate in the podcasting world the way you dominated on yeah. the football field. And it's really. all about the
2: mustache. Well, you you guys are doing a great job. I'm just honored that you'd have me on your show. Thank you, sir. thank you so much. Enjoy so- your
3: day. Have a great day. Right. Thank you for coming. You. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. That- Goodbye. Stay on. Bye. Okay. On. Bye. okay. On.
1: Take care, Mr. Anderson.
3: So so, let's maybe reflect, Daddy for just a minute or two on, on what just happened because I, I, I need some time to unwind. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. We just interviewed I mean, Ken I, Anderson. Was I, that? I real? Think... Can I? Do I pinch myself? <clears throat> it yeah, was real. That, it was real. It was, and I'm
1: I'm I'm still yeah I'm still flustered and very confused. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, You take yeah, the
3: medication. I, no, I did not. So the question I, I didn't get to ask, Mister Anderson. Was about the freezer ball. You know about this freezer ball thing, Daddy? It's amazing.
1: I do. I do. It wasn't in the freezer. As no, but it think. was really
3: cold. It was minus It was really cold. Well,
1: we, we talked about it briefly. I mean, like I said, I watched the clips before the interview, and he didn't just perform. He, it looked like it was any other game for him. I mean, there was something special about this guy and the way he handled himself. Well, and that's the, what, what I wanted years to years. ask. So, yeah.
3: so there's the Nordic, there's the ancient Nordic hero, uh, Sigmander. I didn't get to this question. He's an old Norse hero. He's a dragon slayer. And I was wondering if he was the reincarnation of, of Sigmander. Maybe we should have another interview where we talk about that. Let me see if I can get him
1: back on the line once again. No, he's gone golfing. He's gone oh,
3: golfing, yeah. well, I'll, golfing. I'll write him a letter. Anyways, this was a That's great good. show. I'm glad we all are here. People should patronize us, as you say. They should oh, yeah. give money to the show and love us and promote us and get people to subscribe. And get people yeah, to share this please. link of the YouTube video,
1: like,
3: like subscribe, pay, be patronizing toward us. Because we already on. know what YouTube. you tell us. Yeah. If you give us positive comments, positive mojo, positive energy, spread the word about this show. Then we know. Otherwise, we just think we're talking to ourselves here. And which, and we, by, which we
1: are. I mean, yeah. you know, you and I are big Ken Anderson fans. But you. you know, if
3: who do you want on the
1: show? You want Joe Burrow? You know, we, uh, whoever you want, we get them on the show. You know, AJ Green. Well, Terrence, I want to
3: get Boomer on the show. Maybe Bo- we
1: get Boomer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we see. We see. I mean, we have very busy schedule. Mickey Wood. Uh, Mickey Woods, All these guys. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, for Hoji the Electrics, Moji, I am Daniel Daddy Daddy uh, Thank you for joining us. We will see yeah. you next time. So long, sweetly. Bye.